I'm Mel. And I'm Tosh. And welcome to another episode of Mahogany Mammalogy, an online dialogue pertaining to the concerns and carefree parenting of Black motherhood. And this week, we would like to acknowledge Simone Nishima. And Simone is a proud mother and wife, mother, photographer, and entrepreneur. She's also a homeschool teacher and writer. So much on her plate, but so fantastically. Congratulations on being recognized, Simone. Congrats, sis. And on to our show. What are we talking about today, Tosh? So, of course, we always have these fun and engaging topics, but we're going to talk specifically about the college, navigating the college process, Mm -hmm. as well as being an empty nester. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, I know when we think about motherhood, we think of of it as a lifetime journey, which it is. Mm -hmm. And we often joke about moms who are teens as moms who are like almost at the finish line, like you're at the verge of freedom. But of course, you know, the countdown clock. Yeah, of course, meaning really the freedom of child rearing, right? But some can say that's just the beginning, right? So hopefully, like, as they go out and be adults, the the fruits of our motherly labor, you know, have manifest so that they become like morally sound, independent, <laughs> thriving adults, right? By society. That's a lot standards. of goals. That's a lot of That's, goals right there. But it's a lot of responsibility. It you is. know what I mean? As, I as parents, I should say, but being that this is a mom podcast, but we'll just stick it to moms, right? So <laughs> However, for some, you know, the transition from a mother can be an overwhelming experience, especially if you have children that are going off to college or who are who've graduated high school and just moving on, whether Mm -hmm. it be moving out the house or just moving on. Right. And so how does one successfully navigate one that college transition? Mm -hmm. Right. And that empty life lifestyle. Emptiness, excuse me, emptiness lifestyle. So we'll be discussing and diving into that with our guest momologist today. Well, we would like to welcome to the show Tracy Brown Ramos. Ramos, um, And Tracy has been a trial attorney in the Dallas area for over 25 years. Her biggest joy and accomplishment, however, was raising her daughter, who is currently a junior at Duke University. Spending years of researching the college admissions process to help her own daughter, Tracy created Get the Admit, a consulting company that helps other students and their families navigate the college admissions. Through getting the Admit, Tracy has helped students gain admissions into colleges including Duke, Harvard, Spelman, UT Austin, University of Virginia, Notre Dame, and others. And to do so honestly, with integrity, as we know from many things going on. In the um, recent lights, right? Well, that has come to light. That have come to light. <laughs> we we, we all know, that. yeah, because we know. Right. But without further ado, love to welcome Miss Tracy Ramos to our Wee! show's guest mammalogist. Well, well, thank you, guys. Thank welcome, you. Welcome. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, let's uh, let's dive on into this. Um, so we're going to kind of take it from, I guess, because we're talking about both topics. So the college admission process and what parents should think about or moms should think about as well as themselves. And then talk about like that whole part of being an empty nester and enjoying it. Right. Mm-hmm. So who really drove this quest to go to college? Was it you? Was it your daughter? Who who said, I'm going to go? How'd that get influenced? That's a good question. It's so funny. I can't recall 
me driving the quest to go to college, and I can't recall her driving the quest to go to college. It was always just a given. Okay. <laughs> and I grew up that same way. I think I was well into high school before I even knew that you had an option not to go to college. Okay. So it was just You're okay. right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So it was just always a given in our family, and <clears throat> there was never a moment in time where we even discussed whether or not she was going to go to college. But I also have to say the high school that she went to was very instrumental in kind of putting her, I almost call it like an assembly line or on a train, and moving her towards applying to college from, you know, day one of freshman year. Mm-hmm. So in her mind, all of her peers were going to college. Her parents had gone to college. Everybody just goes to college. That's all Everybody she does. Everybody does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And— in terms of why do you think that is like everybody just kind of was it, it everybody was ingrained basically to just go it was something that came natural to her and her friends exactly anybody that like said no you don't need to go or maybe not go to a four year maybe like take a break like you know Michelle Obama's if kids kind of do right if anything for her I think because she came from a family of educators mm-hmm. um, not me personally but my mother was a teacher my aunt was a high school counselor my uncle was uh, head of the Kansas City School uh, Board or whatever you call it at one point it was just always ingrained in me. And so from early on, we just always talked about going to college. I remember when she was maybe around seven years old, I took her to visit my alma mater. Okay. And I even got someone to let me see their dorm room so that she could see how you live in college and this, that, and the other, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah. we just, all, she always came through knowing that she was going to end up going to college. Now, I can tell you in high school, because she went to a performing arts high school, a couple of times, a question would come up as to whether to go to a traditional college or an arts conservatory. Okay. Mm-hmm. But she quickly realized that, as she put it, she likes to eat. <laughs> <laughs> she had a lifestyle she wanted that's, to that's try a, to continue. Hey, man. <laughs> and it was hey. going to be a hard hey. road to hoe for her as mm-hmm. a dancer. So, <laughs> college it was. Yeah. And she's majoring in. Um, right now, she is a psychology major with a minor in education and a certificate in child policy research. So that's a m- mouthful. I'm like, what are you trying to do? And she said, be a <laughs> lobbyist? I, guess. I don't know. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, she's trying like, yeah. to, um, and it may not be a specific lobbyist position, but what she's trying to do is affect change with, um, what does she call it? Education policies yeah. with school districts mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm, and curriculums yeah. and that kind All of thing. All right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well so, needed. Nice. Yeah. Maybe nice. even the Secretary of Education. There you go. That's <laughs> right, man. Make your moves. I'm yeah, right. We need a new one. Oh. And so it's so funny that you mentioned, even in the intro, not my intro, your intro, that we, when we think about college, we didn't even think that we did not have an option to not go to college, I agree. right? Yeah, right. I, I didn't. Feel um, that. I think you know. I think we just, of course, education. We think we think African Americans think that education is the key to success, and so we often. Um, promote using going to college or that pathway but I guess with your with your company do you offer like alternatives like vocational schooling or so yeah that's a really good question because the first thing I tell parents who come to me is I believe in approaching 
um, our planning with integrity. And so they kind of look at me like, with integrity, what do you mean? And by that, I mean a number of things. One is obvious. We're not going to cheat our way through this. Right. But the second one is you have to know your child. So um, if you have a child who is a dancer, she's a ballerina or whatever, she's come through a performing arts program, and she wants to try to continue doing that, and she does not want any parts of math and science, mm -hmm. let's not try to force this child into MIT. You know, right. there may be some other Let's not do that because there are so many options available for our children beyond just the traditional um, go to college, go to law school, or whatever mm -hmm. path. Some some mm -hmm. kids don't need to do that. Some kids are natural entrepreneurs, and they could probably skip that process. Mm -hmm. For a lot of our kids, they do need college to kind of figure out where they're going. And I would even say even when they get to college— one of the things that my daughter has come to realize is she can't allow herself to get wrapped up in the traditional, like she says at her university, everybody majors in public policy or business or something. Mm. And so there's this urge to just let, allow yourself to get taken down that path when mm. that may not be the path for you. Mm -hmm. And that's been a serious fight for her where she's had to realize who she is. I say we have to start that process early, even when they're in high school. If you don't have a kid who needs to be at MIT, let's not try to force that kid to MIT. And that kind of segues into my next question with your company. If you uh, help them navigate, you know, certain majors or concentrations, what do you think would be best? So, for example, I know your daughter, you know, she goes to Duke and, you know, Duke is known for a multitude of things, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, they're also big for, you know, those public policy, lobbying, and business. Right. So, of course, you're going to have a, a big percentage of, of kid kiddos that are going there. But do you, do you help counsel, you know, families coming in? Not so much that they don't know what they're doing, like if they come in as an undecided major, but do they, do you, if they come in and say, you know, I don't know, they have, I don't know, for example, a 2.2 GPA in science and they want to be a doctor and you're like, <laughs> well, 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 you don't want to knock anybody's exactly. dream, but it's like, okay, let's, let's, <laughs> you know, what do you, what do you, how you do you be a doctor real fast? You know, right? yeah. The biggest thing I would suggest, because actually when my daughter first started at Duke, everybody was a pre-med major. So guess what my daughter said? I wanna, I'm want i going to be a pre-med major. And I said, really? <laughs> I've like never heard you talk about liking science. I mean, I've never heard any of this before coming from you. Mm -hmm. But I didn't knock it. I said, okay, that sounds good. I knew that once she got there, she was going to take classes that would kind of awaken her path for her. And that's exactly what happened. And okay. so she left that. So I tell parents, when you are looking at colleges, you don't have to have a decided major right now. Very few people do. And very few people stick with the major they go in saying that they're going to be. Hello. So I say get there. Unless you've always known you want to be a doctor or lawyer or whatever, get there and kind of take some different classes and figure out what it is you want to do. Now, if you are undecided, I do suggest going to a school that offers an array of things. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. How how soon or how early are people um, reaching out to you to partner to to have them work with their them and their families or their children? Sometimes they call me fall semester of senior year. Mm. Mm. Do you feel like that's too late? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you know, I just want to make sure can, she says it. You know, I can say it, but you know, right. listen we to can me. Still right. do some things, but basically at that point by. The time you hit senior year, everything is set. And mm -hmm. what we can do is figure out the best way to showcase what you got going on. But boy, I tell you what, if you reach out to me in eighth grade or ninth grade, 
we can really make some things happen. We can put that kid on a path that oh, will yeah. help them really pursue what they're interested in so that we can later showcase it on college applications. So, mm. yeah. So you, you're talking with them even in regards to like what activities they should be participating in, not just classwork. Exactly. So what I talk to them about is how to scale what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So take my daughter's dance, for instance. When we realize, okay, she really likes this ballet thing or this modern dance thing. In eighth grade, you can make a decision, hey, maybe we should send her to a performing arts high school that can help her go deeper and help her elevate whatever she's doing. Or if you, I'm trying to think of another example other than dance. If you have a kid that is interested in helping the homeless, let's just say, Mm -hmm. then if you don't come to me senior year, maybe in sophomore year, we could talk about ways that you can create your own service project or do things to kind of, um, scale Mm -hmm. your college application because what you're going to find on these college applications with kids applying to college, I mean, 90 million of them are going to have 4.0 GPAs. I don't mean to scare people. No, no. No. But that was my next question. These kids are going to have 4-point GPAs. They're going to play soccer. They're going to volunteer at a food bank. They're going to, everybody's going to kind of look alike, Mm -hmm. honestly, especially Mm -hmm. applying at certain schools. You've got to figure out a way to really scale your activities, and you can't start doing that senior year. Right, right. So that's what I say. It's kind of like um, one of the things I love doing is going into model homes. And the reason is not because I'm shopping for a house, but I love looking at the decor and everything and how they set the home up. Or even if you're selling your own home, if you've ever sold a home, you know that someone will come in and stage your home. Mm -hmm. So they can't change the number of bedrooms you have, but they can say, hey, let's move this sofa here. Let's move the bed here. Let's take all this stuff out to make it look bigger, to make it look brighter, to make it look more sellable, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And make it stand out from all the other homes on the block that are for sale. That's what. That's how you should be thinking about the college admissions process. Hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like how she did that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it's hard. I mean, you you have to stand out. It's like yeah. what makes you unique. Unique for them to be. You you know how are you selling yourself? Pretty exactly. much. How are you selling yourself as a student to exactly. know that? you're going to be successful for four years or however mm-hmm. long, you yes. know. No, very true. Make yeah. you look interesting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, like, during all these college visits and, you know, I, I'm, it sounded like you probably have done some college visits with your, with your daughter. Uh, and perhaps do you go with other clients, too? Or? I have not. It was okay. always my daughter and her best friend. <laughs> we'd be at the airport and I'd look up and best friend would be there, too. We It was okay. always the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What is going through your mind? in terms of like the when you're looking at these colleges like what what's what's going on that is such a good question so you go on the college tours and they're telling you oh our library has 90,000 volumes and this that and the other stuff right. and I'm just so like, exactly <laughs> I know I'm like so what exactly. but I've got a laptop in Google so what exactly exactly but this is why Tosh what? will not be joining me on the tours here's what we were looking for a couple of things we did one thing is I told my daughter to look and get the vibe of the campus mm-hmm. like does this feel like you um, is it important for you to see other people that look like you here and that was important to her so some campuses we went to and 
she knew immediately, nope, this Mm -hmm. isn't the one. One of the things that really surprised me is we went to a really prestigious school up in New York. I will not say which one. Okay. And, I mean, anybody would just love to go to this school, supposedly, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We didn't even finish the tour because as she's looking around, she said, nobody here is smiling. Just And I I thought that was kind of deep. I was like, you're right. She goes, everybody looks miserable. I said, do you want to continue the tour? And she said, "Mm mm-mm. It just, the vibe wasn't there. She had to fill it. We would go into the student union Mm -hmm. and see, do we see different groups of people just Mm -hmm. really interacting? Is everybody on their own? Does everyone look stressed out? You know, Mm -hmm. we, here's one thing we did. We always went to the food place, whatever the cafeteria, food Mm -hmm. court area was, and ate. Because if you got to live there for four years, you're going to want to like the food. Mm. So one school was like a no because of that. The food was awful. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> if we could see a dorm spot. room, yeah, yep. we would do that. One of the things as a parent, though, that I thought of is how quickly can I get to this school if I get that crazy call? Mm. And so, oh, well, wow. I mean, we are in Texas. We're so. in Texas. <laughs> and you know what? She goes to school in North Carolina, right. but I'm still like, Give me six hours and I can be there. Whereas, like, if I looked at a school in Princeton, New Jersey, I remember when we went to visit Princeton, I was like, it's kind of, this isn't an easy school to get to. It's going to take me some time to get to this school. Or, um, say, a school in Vermont. Mm-hmm. I remember Vermont was hard to get mm-hmm. navigate, you know. Mm. So, I, I needed to at least be able to get there or be able to get someone to her quickly. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm. Okay. One of the things we chat about um, offline was about getting in college the right way. Yes, ma'am. And, of course, during your bio, we kind of talked about what's going on in recent times right now, publicly. Yes. Um, How was the admission process for your daughter? What do parents really need to know? I'm going to go back to approach that process with integrity. I mean, I was— I, I hate to say I wasn't surprised at that recent scandal that just came out. I, yeah. I was surprised at the the depths of it <laughs> and the logistical part of it. But there are a lot of kids who just um, don't, I don't know how to put this, who don't have the benefits and the privileges that other kids co- have when it comes to this mm-hmm. process. I'm just going to be really honest mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the daughter things my daughter kind of struggled with was test taking. So mm-hmm. I did have mm. to find different ways for her to practice and practice and practice that test. I couldn't afford the most expensive test company in the city that a lot of people were sending their kids to. I mean, I guess I could, but I just I couldn't see myself spending that kind of money on that mm-hmm. because maybe it just meant that, you know, I mean, my daughter's test scores weren't bad, but we weren't like, sending out, like, you know, flyers about her test scores. Sure. We weren't popping open bottles of champagne over her test scores by any ima- stretch of the imagination. So one of the main things I would tell parents is find a school that's a fit for your child. If the average um, SAT score at a school is 1,600 and your child is struggling to crack 1,100, that just might not be the school for your kid, and that's okay. Mm. There are tons of wonderful, wonderful, wonderful schools outside of the Ivies and, you know, the some of the schools that we hear about that are supposed to be the prestigious elite schools. And so you have to find a fit that's for you. I worked with a kid, and I was so proud of him. He had a darn near perfect SAT score, and he had a 4.2 million GPA. I can't even remember what it was. Um 
And I was like, dang, are you sure you don't want to try Harvard? He's like, no, I'm going to Texas A&M. That's all he wanted to hear about. That was the school for him. Mm. And I love that about him, that Mm -hmm. it didn't, none of the other stuff mattered. You've got to find the school that's for you. And that's going to be based on a number of different things. Is diversity important to you at a school? I would suggest that parents really think about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is is a school a very stressful school? Is it one of the schools where you're constantly, and I'm going to be honest with you, hearing about kids attempting suicide? That's mm-hmm. a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, look at the safety at the school. Is, is a lot of stuff swept under the rug? Look at the safety of the area in which the school is in, you know. Do you want your kid to go to HBCU? Wonderful HBCUs out there. We got to get our minds off of always thinking about the Harvards and the Princetons and all of that all the time. There are just so many good schools out there. And I would say, um, make sure your kid is at a school that's a fit for them. And to do that, you have to listen to your kid, too. Because what I find a lot when I'm working with families Mm -hmm. is I get the real meat after the mom stops talking, honestly, and mm. the kid starts talking, I'm just going to yeah, no, yeah. be honest with you. Because mm-hmm. the mom is like, oh, my child has always, always wanted to go to MIT. And the kid's looking like, no, I don't. So <laughs> no, you always want me to go to time, MIT, mom. All the time. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And the same thing happened with me, honestly. I would have, had you told me ever Ever, that I would have a kid that would go to Duke University since I went to the University of North Carolina, which is our arch rival. Right. I would have never thought I would ever, ever, ever send a kid of mine to that school. But <laughs> she insisted. What well, happened okay. was. <laughs> yeah. okay. She told me she was going to apply, and I was like, oh, no, you're not. I mean, I was against it. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. It was bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> I know you've worked with a lot of families. What are we as African-American families truly missing from that college process? Or what are you often seeing that that we're lacking when we come for your consultation? Uh, not, not fully thinking about the wide breadth of schools that are out there available to our kids. And also not thinking about money until the very end. Mm. And that's a hard conversation to have to have with your kid if you have not already talked about this is the kind of money that we really have to afford it because it is expensive. The other thing we don't know is that sometimes these really expensive schools will end up being the cheapest for us because of the way they award financial aid. So the reason that my daughter is at um, Duke instead of UT our own state school is because at the end of the day, Duke was cheaper, believe it or not. Mm. And Duke was a $70,000 a year school at that time. Mm-hmm. UT was a 30, I think it was about at 31 or 32,000. But because of the way they gave their money, I was like, okay. I surrender, you can go. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then even the fact that she's out of state, that's out of state tuition. And well, then they... but you know what? Private uh, Duke is private, so it's yeah. not out of state. Yeah. Oh. And so I was trying to really push her to go to my alma mater. That would have been our most expensive option out of every school she applied to because wow. it was out of state and they yeah. weren't going to be giving her right. a ton of money. Right. Mm-hmm. How many schools did she apply to? I think like 10. Okay. Or 11. Okay. Can I ask yeah. why 10 or 11? I mean, I, I've um, had, I had someone who posted on, on their page and wondering, why do people apply to so many schools? She was scared she wasn't going to get into any school. And oh. so she was just trying to, like, set herself up to get 
into something. That mm-hmm. was really what she was thinking. But I was telling her, okay, apply to three REACH schools, three schools that you are not likely to get into because they accept so few students, but you they're on your list and you just really want to apply. Mm-hmm. Apply to three comfortable schools that you probably would and apply to three safety schools. Okay. So that's kind of how we set it up. But also because she was coming out of her performing arts um, school, she was somewhat still looking at dance programs. And so as she auditioned for some of these programs, if they said yes, then she was like, okay, let me apply just in case. So we would add a couple of schools on because of dance, which she ended up not major. Not even. Yeah. Yeah. But still does as an extracurricular. And it's so funny. You would think that, okay, when we're thinking the process that um, state schools are the cheapest schools. Yeah. Because it's in state and you're, yeah. you're, you know. Yes. And it's not. No. You know, I mean, as I'm listening to you talk about it, I mean, UT is just down the street, you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you would figure, you know, financially, yeah. that would e- that would be an easy. And that's what we thought. We yeah. She was all prepared to go. I think Duke was the last one that sent their acceptance. But she we went to Accepted Students Day at UT. Oops. She was ready to go. Oh, wow. And then when we got the financial aid for Duke, I was like, oh, my goodness. And that changed everything. So when do you have those conversations about finances with your kid in the college process? That's a good question. Um... I would say start steering them. To, well, here's what I'd say do. Start steering them towards certain schools. If, 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 start steering them towards certain schools early and just explain. Here's what I explained to Milan because she said, so you would rather me go to a cheaper school where I would be miserable? I remember her saying this. Than to go to the school I really want to go to that's more expensive. And so what I did with her is I explained what misery looked like. Okay. <laughs> I said, let me tell you what misery looks like. Misery looks like having to move back into my house until you're 35, drive a car that's 20 years old, you know, and not be able to go on trips or anything because you're paying back $150,000 worth of debt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's misery. I'm just trying to guide you because I'm telling you, I've been down that path and I've seen what's down there, this, that, and the other. Now, it all worked out in the end for her, but I would say at least start having conversations about college debt early, early on, maybe 11th grade. Don't, don't wait until we've applied to all the schools. Yeah. 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 Huh. Mm Mm-hmm. Did she and like how many scholarships did she apply for? What was your process with scholarships? It our <laughs> that is such a good question. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why. Her scholarship, a lot of her scholarships came through dance, but of course, it's based on you going to the school and being a dance major. Mm-hmm. And she decided, I don't think I want to be tied to. Mm-hmm. you know, this major over this small of a scholarship. So I said, well, then you better get busy applying for scholarships from some of the sororities and this, that, and the other. We'll start piecemealing some of these sco- smaller scholarships together to put a dent in it. So, okay, I'm going to back up a little bit and explain how schools award money. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what a school will do is you'll fill out the financial aid form. And what the financial aid form will tell the school is this is how much this family can expect to pay out of their pocket to go Mm -hmm. to any school. This is just, let's say, the, and it'll always be something that will make you have a heart attack. So so they will say, like, this family can afford $30,000 a year Mm -hmm. 
to go to any school. So some schools will say, okay, well, our school costs 70000 We will get, we will fill the entire gap for you, okay, of 40000 Some schools will. But some schools will say, our school costs 70000 I mean, we'll give you 5000 Right. But you still got to pay your 30000 then we'll give you five and you got to pay all the rest to get to seven. So what I would suggest parents do is figure out which schools will fill that whole gap for them. The gap between what you're expected to pay and what the college costs. Mm. That's called your financial need. That gap is called your financial need, what you need to fill that gap. And some schools say we will meet 100% of that gap. Some schools say we won't meet any of that gap. Some schools say we'll give you $2,000, but you got to play volleyball all four years or whatever. So... The first thing parents need to do is figure out what those schools, how they award financial aid. Then some schools will say, yeah, we'll fill the whole gap. But if you get a $2,000 scholarship, it's not going against the money you have to pay. It's going against the money we have to pay. Like it goes to reimburse them for the financial aid. So once I figured out, yeah, that any scholarship she got was not going to affect us. (laughs) I said, you know what? Your time is actually better spent working a summer job and saving. For to have some spending money, honestly, mm. mm-hmm. you just you ha- it's so much involved. You have to know how your school awards money. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of us are not privy to that, no. you know, or how it works. We just get yeah. we just get our expected contribution, and we just look at it like that. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I pay that much, and mm-hmm. then the rest of it can be loans or what have you, you yeah. know, to fill that unmet need. And I, I'm sitting here thinking of all the different, you know, people who will say, "Oh, I've gotten awarded millions of dollars or whatever, yeah. thousands of dollars in scholarship money." I mean, what are your, like, well, yeah. so here's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Okay, and I could probably, and I'm trying to remember, I think Milan got, like, $80,000 worth of scholarships. Mm-hmm. But 2000 was at this university. 2000 was at that university. 5000 was at this university. So, you know, you hear about these kids getting all of this money. And true enough, some kids will get a full ride sure. to whatever Absolutely. school. But um, a lot of times it's, piecemealed money depending on the school you go to and then you have to major in this or you have to play volleyball or you have to whatever you just have to be really careful about reading your financial aid packet and um you know knowing what at the end of the day you're going to end up having to pay Mm. yeah (laughs) good old finances (laughs) i think about so one thing that comes to mind is Susie orman and if you used to watch her show right i used to watch that show faithfully and so her big thing about college is like is it the responsibility of the child or the parent and so like her her thing was like it's a it's a responsibility of the child a child wants to go to college or whatever and and, you know naive me you know I was like yeah yeah but then as I got older (laughs) and I got a little bit more wiser um, I've come to the reality like okay well we don't always have the equal footing right exactly so I can't I can't agree with what Susie's trying to say I I disagree with Susie all the way What's that? I disagree with her. All the way? All the way. So, so I, what's I, I feel like it's a partnership, though. Like, so yeah, what's, your and take? I, what's your take on that? You know, I, I think everything that works for some people, I think some people are in a position to say, well, it's the responsibility of the child. Because, you know, your child also has a trust fund that's already been set up by oh, grandma. All right now. I mean, let's just get real. Mm-hmm. So, you have to decide what's best for you and your child. Right. Like, I don't think there's any steadfast rule. For me, 
I am trying, since I kind of can help, I'm really trying to help as much as I, I can possibly help her come out without, without being saddled with a ton of debt. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. with, I want her to be saddled with as little debt as possible. I want her to come out just boom, running straight out of the gates. Sure. Because she has so much else that's going to be trying to hold her back that other people may not have. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And, so I I don't know if I can go with Susie on that one. Yeah. So what we do is <laughs> I um I obviously help her take care of tuition and fees and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But she works. And the funny thing is I didn't even have to tell her that. She had her job on lock probably in June before she hit the campus. Really? I didn't even know it until she came to get her social security card and I <laughs> She already had the job. All she had to do was show up and do the final interview. She's was just, it on campus? What is she doing? The first year she worked at the Duke Medical Center um, gift shop. Okay. And then last year, because <laughs> yeah, okay. remember she wanted to be a pre-med. Oh, that's right. That's right. I was like, she thought, let me get closer to the hospital. Sure, okay. By any means. <laughs> She's trying to be ingrained. Yeah, yeah. Right. But once she realized what she wanted to do, she started really thinking towards that. So now she um, works as a teacher's assistant. I think last year she did the same thing, tutoring mm-hmm. in different schools in the Durham yeah. area. To kind of get some yeah, cool. classroom experience. Yeah. But she makes her own spending money. She comes home in the summers. And before her foot, like before we get out of Love Field almost, she has her job reset up to go back in in the summer. She does the same thing for Christmas. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Smart. She has, I do want her to have, you know, a stake in the game. Yeah. 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 Okay. That is smart. Mm-hmm. That, that is smart. awesome. What, what was your like, life like in terms of like you're going through this process where you how were you stressed out for her or what would you recommend to our moms listening that are about to either enter this process going through this process how should they be feeling or I mean you don't want to tell people how to feel but what do you recommend for them while this is all going on I was stressed out I was stressed to the core because it is a lot senior year is just crazy to begin with and um, I was not going to do her applications for her, but I would help like I was her assistant. What do you call it? Like some maybe I type or mm-hmm. maybe she dictate or maybe I do some of the research just to offload her because she was already going through so, 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 so much. But it was stressful. Senior year is going to be the busiest year anyway. I, I don't know what to tell you except just buckle up. It'll be over before you know it. Don't miss the ride because you're so stressed out about this process. Senior year feels like it. Ta- it's about two months. It feel, It's so fast. Mm-hmm. It's the fastest year of high school. And then, boom, they're gone. And I was also stressed out because I was anticipating that coming. You know, mm. this is the child that was always, we were Her always baby. together as my baby. <laughs> Um, so I had that anticipation coming. Yeah, I had anxiety. I was stressed. That's an excellent segue <laughs> into now you are enjoy- you're enjoying three years now mm-hmm. of being an empty nester. Mm-hmm. How's I- that like? <laughs> yeah, it's good. She's like, oh, <laughs> it's good <laughs> because I inspire one day to get to know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You, you can because here's what I always tell people. People are always like, "What was the what was the best year with Milan? What was your favorite age?" And I'm like, "Every age, only ages. Every yeah. age really was because there's something different at every age. So right now, like, this is my favorite stage. I'm like, oh wow, this is so much fun. It, it, 
even my relationship with her is my favorite right now. Mm. It's the weirdest thing. But it is, it's really good being able to travel somewhere and not have to worry about, is it spring break or when does Christmas break start? Well, I still have to kind of worry about Christmas break. Mm -hmm. You know, worry Mm -hmm. about breaks. Um, Being able to just pick up and go and not have to worry about, do you you have a dance performance at North Park Mall today? You know, just (laughs) run, sleeping in the backseat of my car outside of the school at eight o'clock at night, you know, Mm -hmm. waiting on her to come out. I mean, it's good. I have my own time. Okay. But I started planning early for that. I want want your listeners to plan early. Okay. Because, yeah. So, so I'm I'm probably going to jump ahead of my other question, but so when the college process started, were you planning your empty nester life? I didn't know I was planning. Oh, okay. Fortunately, some things had been put into place that helped prepare me for it. And I would say this, the probably the best thing I ever did was I would let her go away for the summers, which caused a lot of anxiety, but I let her do it. And she would go into these dance programs, like some, one was in New York, one was in Vermont, and one was in Durham. Those mm-hmm, were the mm-hmm. three summers. Uh, one was three weeks. I think the second week she, the second summer she went away for four weeks. And I know you guys are panicked because y'all have little ones. But and then the third summer when she went to Durham, she was gone for six weeks, mm-hmm. dancing, living on campus. They have chaperones and stuff. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking that is fantastic. It is. It was great <laughs> because it helped prepare her for a life. Without me right there, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to figure out how to save your money to wash clothes so you may not want to go to Starbucks every day. I mean... Yeah, I'd be like, I don't know what to tell you. Don't call me every week. I don't know what to tell you. Why you sipping on your own Starbucks? Because I work. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, let me order this real quick. (laughs) I ain't telling you to order all You you knew your clothes were dirty on (laughs) Thursday. I'm not giving you it. Look at me. I'm not giving you any more money. I sound triggered. I am going back to flashbacks. I'm sorry. Of my own life. (laughs) But it helped prepare her and it helped prepare me. So by the last summer when she went to Durham, I almost basically helped her move in. (laughs) You're like, and let me make sure you got all your stuff, girl. I was with another mom who said, you know, I'm just worried. Don't you think we should help them get money on their meal cards? This was the last summer. And I was like, "Mm mm-mm. This ain't prison. This ain't prison. I I, I, I said, I put money on her bank card. They're going to figure out how to eat. I guarantee you. And sure enough, when I called and said, hey, we're headed back to the airport. Where are you guys? She goes, oh, we're coming back from putting money on our meal cards. I'm like, of course you are. They've got to learn to navigate without us. And I also had to learn to navigate without her on a daily basis, too. So that kind of prepared me for what was to come. Although I will tell you, dropping them off at college will still hit you in the gut. Sure. I'm not oh, gosh. Oh, I'm not ready. <laughs> How quickly did you adjust? Like? Um, because she called me daily. I adjusted in like three days once I got back. She just, I think she felt, oh, my mommy might not be okay. But she was always calling me saying, oh, mommy, guess what happened today? You're not going to believe it. You know, she was Mm -hmm. calling me every day, so Mm -hmm. excited about college. So it really helped. Gotcha. Gotcha. And what are you doing during this fantastic free empty nesting time? I knew y'all were going to ask me that. (laughs) And I wanted to have something fantastic to tell you. But I'm gonna well two. Like even if you said right now you're cleaning, I mean that's still fantastic. Some of us can't even get around to cleaning. I know. I, <laughs> I know. Okay. I um 
Well, I started Get the Admit. That is okay. one okay. thing. But I'm just, I'm still working so much. I'm like, how did I have time to raise this kid? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, was, I knew you were going to ask it. I said, I need something fantastic to say. Like, You oh, don't know this is a real podcast about <laughs> real <laughs> answers. <laughs> and here's the so funny thing. So your answer is not like, no, I'm at the bar at, at 5.30 every day. <laughs> I've taken lavish trips. No. You no, have to girl. spa on every Friday night. I mean, no, girl, no. I came home and I went to bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is 6.45. That's what I'm doing. I am not. I'm I'm working sometimes, but I'm not sleeping outside of her school at 8 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock outside. The school's like, "Um, where's Ms. Ramos at? Outside of the dance studio till 10 o'clock at night waiting on her to come out. That's that's what I'm doing. I'm not doing those okay. things. So that, and I'm still see. I'm still talking to her. I'm still parenting. That's the thing that I want you guys to know. It's so much fun, too. It's fun parenting a college student. Hmm. So, yeah. So, you guys don't look like you believe me. In what way? Like I know. I'm like... How's this fun? Because she's in a different phase, and so your relationship is just changing. So you're you're guiding now. You're just mm. kind of offering guidance, like you know, yeah, I remember that happening to me. Here's what I here's what I did, but let me know how that works out. I don't. Wow, I don't that know. sense sure sounds about, familiar to me. I I I don't know. I will say I don't know. And I'll say because, I mean, my parents did not get their grad, their college degree until like years later. Uh-huh. So it's come, it, it's not that like I was a first generation student mm-hmm. or whatever, because I had older brothers that went and, you know, yeah. dropped out or whatever, whatever, did not, you know, did not finish. So it was kind of like, and maybe they were just so old at the time. They were just like, <laughs> I'm done. Like, I don't. I'm tired. I'm tired. So I didn't have those. <laughs> Those daily conversations. (laughs) I didn't have those daily conversations about navigation. It was just like, I'll call and just kind of I call out of courtesy. Me too. (laughs) Cause I have to, because it'd be like two weeks and they'd be on some, well, why you ain't called me? You know? (laughs) Oh, you think you grown now. Right. Yes, yes, I am. I'm living my life, you know. But I guess that goes to the point, like, well, how do you you know, for those who are first generation students and how how does that process work for them and navigate, you know? That is so true. If I had to give a couple of pieces of advice, I can't even take credit for this one. One of the things that we did that worked out so well is when we showed up to move her in, well, I'm going to give you two pieces on move-in day. We showed up to move her in and thank goodness her roommate's mom had the good sense for us to exchange information, the mom's. I, we didn't do that when I was going to college. I don't, my mom couldn't tell you who my roommate's mother was. It really works out. And to exchange information with that roommate, like hmm. Malone's roommate has my number and she's used it. Okay. So sometimes things get crazy um, and I've had to fly out just to make sure everything is okay. But I'm so grateful that I had um, contact and built a relationship with the roommate and the roommate's mom. Okay. The roommate's mom has had to call me because she was about to deliver some bad news to her daughter, and she wanted to make sure my daughter was there. So we arranged that. It's just There's something beneficial to doing that. Now, granted, when Milan went into school, she knew um, this girl from their Duke admitted days or something that they went to. They met, and they Mm. decided, let's be roommates. Yeah, But that I wouldn't have thought of. Ever, and I'm so happy that the other mom did think of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's some 
second information. I'm going to tell you guys this. This punched me in the gut. So you get ready to move the child in and you you got all the stuff packed and you're like, I'm going to stay down there for three days. We'll be in the hotel. You know, we'll move in on the third day and then the next day I'll fly out, however you're going to arrange it. And you're thinking that you have more time to say goodbye than you do, like the real last hug, Mm -hmm. give the last minute advice, like don't leave your drink, don't drink the punch, don't, you know, all the advice, stay away from this group of Greeks, stay away from, you know, all the advice (laughs) that you try to give. You think you have more time. What I tell parents is move-in day, the last day to say goodbye really is that night before move-in day. Don't think on move-in day or the next day you're going to be spending any more time with them. Because what happens is you drive up to the dorm, your doors fly open, all the doors in the trunk, because there's a whole team of students there to help unload the car. They get the car unloaded in three minutes. Everything is moving so fast. You're moving into the room. It's just everything's crazy. And then within a two hours, the kids are running out, going to some kind of orientation or something like that. And you forget they're not coming back to the hotel with you, nor do they want to. They don't want to have a last <laughs> dinner. They don't want to, they don't want to do any of that. They just, they, they're in their new home. And so that punches you in the gut. I was mm-hmm. like, I didn't, wow. I thought we were going to, today was going to be the day I say, don't give your social security number out. Don't, you know, just all the last pieces oh. of advice. And so I, on my way to the airport, I swung by again to just give one last hug. And when it really hit me is when she said, okay, call me when you're outside of the dorm. And so I said, okay, I'm outside of the dorm. I'm coming to the door. And she meets me at the door and I don't get to come in. (laughs) She was trying to be, I know it broke my heart. She was trying to be, um, you know, cognizant of her roommate who was in there still sleeping. But that was when it occurred to me, this isn't my space. This is her home. This isn't my space. And so we, she came outside and we Man. sat on a bench. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, say your goodbyes the night before. I know, because you think you have this long thing. We're going to move in, you know, black college life. Man. Here we go. You're going to move in. Cue, cue the music. <laughs> you know, we're, we're all going to sit and chill in the dorm room for like a second, no. you know, a day. Then we're going to go out to lunch and, you know, you a vacation. On, right. You know? No. Nah. They are looking at their uh, clocks like, how, I know. how quickly can you, you go? go? Like, when does that flight take off? <laughs> I know, like, bye, thanks. Right. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Give me some money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Did yeah. you... Did you send that money in? (laughs) My money in my care package, thanks. Right? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, how was your your husband's adjustment to all of this? I think he had a harder time than I did. Yes. Yes. Was he easygoing during the college process, like the application process? Like, Oh, yeah, he was out of it. And then he, oh, okay. He yeah. didn't participate in that at all, unless he went to, like, traveled somewhere. Yeah, no, I, I'm not going to say that. He did the college visits with us and may have driven us to some auditions mm-hmm. for dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the actual applying, no. Yeah. yeah. And then when he finally got up there, it was like... I think when... I came back home because I took her myself, and oh. he was with my stepson moved into his dorm the exact same day. Oh, okay. wow. So we had to yeah. split okay. off. And so when we came back together and the house was just empty, I I think it's hit him a little harder. So he goes once a year. We were about to go in a couple of weeks to watch her dance, and yeah. But it hit him harder. Mm. Mm-hmm. How has the empty nest life um, affected or impacted your guys' marriage? 
I think it strengthened it, yeah. actually, because I am on my second marriage. So I'm remarried. Okay. And so when we came together, we had a blended family. So we, you know, we start the marriage automatically with my daughter and his kids, mm-hmm. and we didn't start with no kids. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now we have no kids in the house, and it's just like kind of, you know, a new relationship cool. almost. Yeah. Aww. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. You guys already have all your dates all planned out. So they're not going yeah. to bed at 645. <laughs> <laughs> We're old. We're like, let's hit Olive Garden at 6. <laughs> she said Olive Garden at 6. I love it. It's happy hour. Okay. <laughs> Don't hate. Exactly. Um, if, you, if you had to do it all over again, what would you advise our moms to prepare for? That's a good question. Um, if I had to do it all over again, I I would... Make sure, I I think I did an okay job listening to my daughter and what her needs are, but I think the main thing is listen to your kid and what feels right for them with that process. And then the other thing I would say is ninth through 12th grade flies. It feels like about two years instead of four years. I would just really be so engaged. Uh, yeah. Just stay in the moment. Stay in the moment. It goes so quickly. And when you stay in the moment, to me, that helps you transition well to the relationship that you're going to have with your kid when they go off to college. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's one of the reasons my daughter and I talk almost every day. Just just because she just wants to share mm-hmm. whatever's going mm-hmm. on. She could, like, see a cat. In fact, she does. I just wanted to call and tell you, oh, my gosh, I saw this cute little cat on campus, and it's just so cute. I mean, just <laughs> any. <laughs> Oh, that's my daughter. She's kind of <laughs> smurfy. <laughs> so, but it, it just, that brings me joy that, mm-hmm. yeah, she still she can wants to, to share what's mm-hmm. going on with her and that's loves beautiful. the experience. And then the other thing I would say is listen closely when they do call you from college um, for anything different that you hear in their voices. Because that it's not like it was when we went to school. It's high pressure now. It's a lot going on. And you just want to catch any depressions or any anything just Mm -hmm. catch it early so i would just and don't play around with it and don't second guess it that's what i would say okay yeah i'm hearing too many too many things coming from too many parents and that's why i'm saying that and then the other thing i told my daughter before she went is um i said let me tell you something i am so proud of you so proud of everything that you accomplished But I don't give a darn about Duke University or any other university. Honestly, I care about you and your mental and physical and emotional well-being. And I don't care if we need to, like, once you get off to school, I don't care if we need to bring you home for a semester and you work at the mall. I mean, you know, I care about you. So I, I think it's so important as parents with everything and all of these pressures on these kids in high school, too, now that we make sure we send that message loud and clear. Mm. It's That's a lot advice. going on. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. And so what are some things uh, they didn't tell you not discussed about being an empty nester? Um, some realizations really like, uh, I know we kind of touched on it a little yeah. bit more so like, you know, an empty house or. Um, you have. The did you develop like new hobbies? Like while you while she went away like to these programs in the summer as you mentioned, uh-huh. was there any hobbies that like you got reacquainted with or developed or 
You know? I, you know what? I had a renewed love. I've always loved my sorority, but mm-hmm. I have a renewed love for everything now that she may be going through. So let me tell you what I mean. So she goes to Duke University. I went to the University of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Now I go to every single University of North Carolina Black alumni reunions. Mm-hmm. Just like I have a renewed sense of love for what I went through in the processes that she's going through 30 mm-hmm. years later. Wow. So, um, and getting back together with old classmates and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Nice. That's fun. And, um, I just enjoy having my Saturdays, like being here with you guys today. I enjoy having Saturdays and Sundays, not having to think about dance performances. I really do. Did you wake up and go, oh, my God, what am I? Oh, Oh, wait, no, I don't have to go today. We don't have to go to the whatever (laughs) bazaar and watch you dance on a stage about, a you know, that's (laughs) going to crash in if anybody lands wrong. But I miss that. I miss not seeing her dance. I miss her telling me, for instance, she has a dance performance tonight and I don't get to see it. That makes me sad. Here's what I didn't prepare for and I would tell your listeners to prepare for. If you can, spread your friendship groups out amongst some people who are your friends because they're your kids' friends' parents. You know how you have friendships. Mm -hmm. But also kind of spread that out because I looked up at the end of... 18 years, and my friends were dance moms for the most part, Jack and Jill moms. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? She leaves, and there's no dance, and there's no Jack and Jill. Um, and so it's just harder to keep cultivating those friendships when you're not seeing each other on a daily or a weekly mm-hmm. basis like you used to. And so I'm like, wait, I don't have very many friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> so I would just say, Keep in mind where your friendship groups are coming from and what you may need to do to make sure that doesn't end or slow down or suddenly be zapped from your life Mm -hmm. when your child is a senior. Mm -hmm. Good advice. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tracy, where do people find out more about your new business? Definitely you can email me at Tracy at Get the Admit, which is G-E-T-A-D. MIT.com, gettheadmit.com, or go to uh, www.gettheadmit.com, or get on Facebook. Actually, that's where I put most of my information. I'll just throw up in- interesting information on mm-hmm. gettheadmit.com. I'm about to do a shout out to all of my students from this year on the schools that they've gotten into because I'm so proud of them. Yay. Fantastic. Congratulations to them. <laughs> Yay. Yes. Well, thank cool. you for being on our show. Thank you guys so much. It You're absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. I totally did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so please check out additional resources and links in our show notes where you can find Find out more information about our topics, getthedmit.com, and bio of our guest speaker. We ask that you rate and review this and other episodes or send us an email at mahoganymomology at gmail.com. Then continue the conversation via our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Until next time, I'm Tosh. And I'm Mel. And we thank you for listening to Mahogany Mammology. Bye-bye.